It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where victory is guaranteed. With Mikey, Zach, Joe, and your host, uh, Dean. Hey, 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 everyone. We, you are listening to the Winning Ticket Podcast, which means that you are going to be a winner this week because victory is guaranteed, according to John, because that is our tagline. But anyway, <laughs> I am joined by um, the, the tag team champions, um, Joe and Mikey. You guys know them from many episodes. Uh, guys, welcome, welcome back to the XFL portion of the podcast. Mikey making his debut on XFL. Um, how's it going, guys? Going fantastic, Week three, man. baby. Mikey, cue up uh, Edge's theme song. Go, hit it. <laughs> I I can't do that. <laughs> so right, never mind. We we had a how. theme song playing and everything, Dean. You know, just it, forget it, man. But we're happy it, to be here. It's funny. We were we were we're talking XFL. I mean, you think that Vince would give us the rights to all the entrance themes, but I'm not so sure about <laughs> all all that. But yeah. So, um, guys, uh, let's just get right right into it. But before we do, I just want to mention um, we have an XFL partner that um, has actually been really great, and this has helped me with my research. As you guys know, I'm a big uh, data guy, so um, research is very important, and that's actually one of my keys um, this week. I'll get to that in a little bit. But if you are hearing my voice right now, I want you to go to YouTube. I want you to check out the show called In the Red Zone with Mike and Sean. Very good stuff. They have um, a bunch of videos, college, NFL, and specifically XFL. So... um, I definitely want you guys to check that out. Joe, have you had a chance to um, use this great resource in your research? Definitely. Uh, I spoke with Mike a couple days ago. Um, I checked them out on YouTube just as a consumer, and I love the content, so I shot something over to them. Um, and it looks like we're going to be partnering with them for the XFL. Just a little cross-promotion. We both liked each other's stuff, so we figured we might as well give the, the people what they want. And I'm also very excited for college football season because they had a lot of conference breakdowns and uh well i don't want to spoil everything if you if you guys if that sounds like something you're into and if you're listening to this podcast you're definitely into gambling you got to go check them out especially when it comes college football time hopefully uh we can get something going and you know during that time but for now it's the xfl and we are all cylinders firing and we are so ready to go with them and we're really excited Oh, absolutely. And of course, um, I'm so ready for the rest of the season. Um, guys, you may may know or may not know, I've mentioned it either on this show or um, the other show, the Rated Podcast, which you guys heard our Oscar preview. Um, we did a little bit of a swap cast. So I'm pulling double duty. I'm just talking into a microphone, sitting in my back room <laughs> like a disheveled maniac. But um, I've actually been traveling. So last week, I didn't really get a chance to watch the XFL games live. I did, however, watch the coaches film, which is um, something that's really important. So, guys, do you have any broad takeaways so far two weeks into the XFL? Anything that you want to touch on right now before we get into the slate of games for this week? Mikey, why don't you go ahead, man? Give me something that you, you took away from week two. I've just got one thing, and that is that Matt McGloin is a giant baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, dude. We all saw his complete meltdown on, on national TV at halftime. So the entire game plan needs to change, and then it did because he was benched in the second half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, someone, uh, I mean, it didn't really spark their offense in that game, but yeah, I mean, someone needs something to, to look out for in, in the games this week. Absolutely. Someone needs to tell Matt McGloin that he's not good enough to start demanding things on live TV. And that was something that um, was kind of my biggest takeaway from week one 
and then of course when I was watching back week two as well. Um, it's very, very cool that the that the on-field reporters go directly to the people in a moment of frustration and a high emotional game like football is. So um, that was actually great that we got that gem, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit more gems um, going forward. Joe, I'm just going to kind of box you out right now. I'm going to tell you my biggest takeaway from the first two weeks of the SFL season. Go for it. Maybe um, box I'm me. using one of my plays later, but I'm throwing the Tampa Bay Vipers in the in the garbage can. They are – Really, really bad offensively, and um, I actually, without giving up the the entire uh, load, did you know that they actually outgained both of their opponents and still lost? Um, week one they lost by twenty. Last week they won by or they lost by eight. So that's really hard to do if you outgain someone in yardage, but you don't beat them in score. I mean, in the NFL, Joe, off the top of your head, how often does that happen? Like maybe ten. Um, that's of the extremely top? rare. Yeah, that's so rare. So I'm going to have more on that um, in a little bit. But, guys, uh, just overall, and this it sounds so silly to say, but, you know, we've all get, got kind of burned on this, I think, a little bit. But, um, honestly, the best betting tip that, that I could possibly give you with XFL or even if you start to, you know, kind of wander to the weirder things that you don't really have a good grasp on, I'm going to say you want to know all the information that, that you need moving forward. And one thing that I got burned on, like I said, I've been – uh, you know, jet flying, limousine riding, all, all that. I'm not going to do the whole thing. But um, I just – I couldn't find a good injury report, and I couldn't really keep up with that. And um, when I got to my hotel room in Dallas, it was beautiful. But um, there was Matt McGloin getting crushed, like, left, right, and center. And then they're like, yeah, you know, the Guardians are missing three offensive linemen. Three offensive linemen? I wish I knew about that. So uh, <laughs> I want to just circle back to you and say you want to – I would say definitely go to Twitter. Try to find some injuries. Um, even search on Twitter, like these guys' names, like someone might be tweeting about that. There's not a lot of beat writers right now, but it, before placing bets, you want to make sure that you have all the information that you need, specifically injuries. Yeah, definitely. DFS is also huge for that. I remember I used uh, DraftKings this past week just to kind of check the the, uh, the Josh Johnson situation. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because that kind of goes into uh, – one thing I did here, because there's only eight teams – I, I ran through some power rankings and that was super easy, but because um, like I said, there's only eight teams, but that the injuries are kind of a huge factor into it. So I, I really had to run through DraftKings and FanDuel and just try to, like you said, compile all the info to, uh, to make my power rankings here. By the way, I do have the Vipers as the eighth best team in the league, AKA the worst team in the league sitting at 0 and 2. And over the so, years, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, saying stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, I never will. I've already given up. I, I just I butcher that kind of stuff. We got the right info. I just say it all weird. But uh, look, if you want to start with Guardians at Battlehawks first, I feel like we accidentally started this, uh, yeah. this way anyway because Matt McGoin is the bane of our existence right now. We definitely did. And um, just really quick, Joe, you had mentioned something that I wanted to touch on, and that is the fact that th- there's only eight teams and there have, there's only been eight games. So um, getting averages was actually really easy. So, guys, I just want to read off to you week one, the scoring average. So I'm going to look totals really quick because a uh, little bit of a spoiler alert. My two best bets are actually going to be total plays. Week one, the totals were an average of 39 with two games going over 50. Week two, the scoring average of all games were 37 with one game going over 50. Um, and, of course, in this data set, the most common total score, 26, happened three times, 27 once, 43 once. So that goes to say that half of the game, or more than half of the games, have gone um, 43 or lower. 
which is um, actually pretty interesting. So that's something to keep in, keep in mind as you go through this week of games. So, of course, going to read you the Guardians. The Guardians are catching 9.5 points. The total is 40.5. Uh, St. Louis Battlehawks are one of those teams that um, they are actually 2-0 against the spread. So that's something to keep in mind. 9.5 is a pretty big one. Uh, game total, 40.5. Joe, Mikey, what do you guys like in this one? Mike, you can take this one off of that. I, know, I think we have the same play here. I'll just add if you uh, if you leave anything for me. Yeah, I think we actually both like the Battlehawks in this matchup uh, for a couple of reasons. First off, it looks like they have the second best offense in the in the uh, in the entire league next to the um, the Roughnecks from Houston, which we'll get into later. Um, but also the fact that this is the first football game, first professional football game being played in St. Louis since 2015 when the Rams left. Um, so I could definitely see some extra crowd noise. Everybody's getting jacked up for football again in St. Louis. Um, might give a few extra points for home field advantage here uh, rather than the usual three. I think the place is uh, the Edward Jones Dome. Well, it used to be called the Edward Jones Dome. I don't know what it's called now. Uh, maybe it's called the house that Zach Stacy built. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, you know, it's, they're looking to get around 30,000 uh, people here, which is above average for an XFL game like this. Yeah, uh, I'm a little scared that. of the nine and a half, but I'm, yeah, which is crazy for you know an XFL game. It's, it's a pretty big stadium, so um, I, I, I'm scared of. I don't like laying the, the big points usually, but I mean nine and a half against the Guardians, who could not score uh, against the defenders, and you know they have inner turmoil already. It's not even week three yet in the XFL season, um, so I just don't see how that how they're going to score enough to cover that nine and a half. Definitely. And when you look at the Battlehawks secondary, it actually looks legit. They held Walker to only 175 yards and three deep passes. So a team that is going to be lighting it up, as we'll see, I have the Roughnecks actually the number one team in the league, as you do, Mikey, and I'm sure Dean probably does as well. Um, they had three deep passes compared to 11 in week one. So the Battlehawks can kind of, you know, they could stop the big play. And if the Guardians, the Guardians are as slow as I've ever seen an offense. So if they can't stretch the field at all, I mean, getting two yards every play is just not going to do it. McGoin passed for like 45 yards. Their offense is atrocious and slow. And now Jordan Tamu is going to be going up against uh, that Guardian D. And, and that might scare you. Oh, no, the Guardians have a really good D. Let's kind of break that down. They had the number one pressure rate because the Vipers and the defenders kind of stink at protecting the quarterback. So that's kind of six to one, half dozen of the other. You can convince me that maybe the uh, the Vipers and the defenders' offensive line stink and they couldn't protect them, or you can just say the, the Guardians really get after the quarterback. R regardless, Tamu is a really good uh, mobile scrambly kind of dude. So you can pressure him all you want. He's going to just find a little hole every now and again. It might even be better for Tamu. So, I mean, with that being said, I'm really glad – and I'll finish up my point here. I'm really glad you mentioned the home field advantage because if you think that there's three points for – uh, home field advantage in the NFL or college is, is you know, it's obviously be different. But let's just take three points here for the XFL. Add one because the travel is a little more strenuous because it's not first class flying. Then add another one because it's a dome in the first the, the first football game that's going to be played in St. Louis in what a million years. I mean, we could be looking at a four and a half five point home field advantage. And then when you take that away from the nine and a half, they're saying that the Battle Hawks are just four, five, maybe six points if you want to take that other extra crap out of the equation better than the, uh, the Guardians. That's, I'm sorry, that's just too small. I have the Battlehawks second in my power rankings, and I have the Guardians five 
which is up for debate. If the Guardians lose, they might drop all the way to seven, um, which I think they will. So, yeah, I'm with you. I do not like laying nine and a half, but I really like the Battle Hawks in this spot situation here. Yeah, definitely. And um, that was one of my, like, like I said, I have two um, best bets that are both totals. But um, the other two games, I actually did take sides. And um, this is my my side lean. Um, I got St. Louis minus nine and a half as well, despite wearing this fresh new Guardians hat. It looks awesome. But um, it, anyway, Jordan Tamu, <laughs> 602 total yards on the season. Rumor has it that um, a lot of NFL teams are now looking into these XFL contracts and trying to figure out if there's any uh, loopholes through that. I mean, uh, Vince McMahon has a billion dollars, so I would suspect that the contracts are pretty ironclad, but definitely going to be something to follow. If Jordan Tamu becomes like the league MVP or anything like that, um, we might be hearing his name around training camp in August uh, for the NFL. I heard specifically that the Titans were kind of looking to get him on as like a practice squad guy. He's kind of huh. doing everything right right now. Um, you guys kind of knocked it out of the park with the home field, and honestly – Joe, you were saying, you know, four and a half, five points for a home field for St. Louis. That's not crazy. Um, the home teams in the XFL in this eight-game season so far are six and two straight up and six and two against the spread. One of those against the spread wins and straight up wins was St. Louis at Dallas. Of course, they were missing Landry Jones in that game, but still, it counts. So um, definitely the home field. Honestly, I would almost stand a reason that um, the books are over or undervaluing the, this home field advantage, especially hearing that, you know, the stadium is – selling out 33,000 seats. It's a stadium that is rocking. Um, they used to have the greatest show on turf. It's built for speed. Jordan Tam is a great scrambler. Um, he's been doing it with the legs in the pocket. Um, he's doing just enough, and he's kind of really developing it as one of the league's kind of best stories right now, which is really cool. Of course, the Guardians, like we all said it, um, they're kind of imploding offensively. Their defense um, is doing just enough. I mean, they gave up the 27 points, but at the same time, they played against Cardell Jones. They did all right, and they were on the field for most of the game. So that was something that um, you really don't want to see. Yes, McGloin was a crybaby. He looked bad. Of course, he wasn't a man of character the way that he handled all the situation. But like I said off the top, the offense alignment injuries was one that I'll kind of give him a little bit of a pass. And also, here is something that I got really nervous about going into the season, and that is, you know, we there was a lot of unknowns going into the season, but we did know Kevin Gilbride is the coach. And as a play caller, he just straight up does not do it for me. So um, I saw a lot of uh, give-up plays uh, of course, it's not like McGloin or the backup could have thrown them back into it. But then again, there was a lot of uh, shotgun draws for my liking, especially because even though they were getting killed um, pretty much momentum-wise, they were only down like nine points, which is one possession in this league, so a lot. So I saw the uh, New York kind of waving the white flag, which was pretty concerning towards to me. So it's going to be interesting to see how they respond this week. But yeah, I'm all over St. Louis minus nine and a half. Yeah, you nailed this one, dude. Uh, I think we totally wrapped this game up. If you were to take Guardians plus nine and a half and you win, you know, congrats to you for winning. But I just think you're on the wrong side here. I think that you just didn't you didn't see enough then. You couldn't have watched these games. I would almost stand a reason. And, um, Joe, of course, we, we had mentioned on the last episode of our Slack channel. I don't know if you saw on Saturday morning I put in uh, the Red Wings because they were plus like 390, which is the highest money line that I saw this season. And with a league that has parity, now, of course, um, you know, the XFL, we that remains to be seen. But just having the Guardians at plus 310, I mean, in order to cover the spread, um, you would have to stand to reason that something happened to St. Louis where they're just straight up not performing the way that we all expect. So at that point, I would almost say, don't even bother taking the 9.5. Take the plus 310 and put a little bit on it because it's – 
basically what I'm saying is it's a fool's bet. I mean, the Red Wings lost a game five to one, but at the same time, it's, it's enticing for some, I could see that. I don't see it being enticing with the points. Um, and of course this isn't that most sports books won't let you tease or add points or buy points or anything like that. These are all kind of special right now. So definitely I would say um, play St. Louis or, or stay off. Now, of course this 40 and a half is the lowest total on the board this week. Um, of course I would lean anything, but, I, the only thing that I would lean would be the under, but the fact that it is the lowest, I think that there's more value to be had on the board. So with that being said, I think I'm going to transition into um, the other game that I have as my side lean, and I believe we have additional audio from Zach. So let's kick to that really quick. Great. Let's hear it, man. Let's do it. Hello, guys. This is Zach Nasiolo of the Winning Ticket Podcast here with your XFL Week three, play of the week. So obviously you saw last week the trend of the unders continued. Unfortunately, there's nothing posted right now. It is Tuesday night. Um, so I don't expect those numbers probably to be posted around Friday. And I truly think the books will adjust where you're going to see even lower numbers um, than what we've seen previously. But this week, my play of the week is going to be the LA Wildcats hosting the DC Defenders uh, in LA. I am taking the points. Currently, the Wildcats are eight and a half point home underdogs. You might think, why, Zach? DC Defenders have been rolling. Uh, They blew out Seattle week one. They had a dominant performance at home, shutting out uh, the Guardians. But uh, I truly believe that that game was more of a Guardians complete meltdown. Uh, McGloin was not having any of it. He missed a couple wide open throws. He had a couple of Big key drops by his um, wide receivers. The Wildcats, you saw, put a little bit more fight in their um, matchup versus the Renegades. And you saw Landry Jones perform pretty decently, uh, completing um, 70% of his passes for 305 yards and uh, a touchdown, two interceptions. Josh Johnson was uh, only 53% for 200 yards and uh, two touchdowns, though. Um, the biggest factor here is I really don't think defense going to play a part of it. I don't expect the D.C. defense to pick up the slack like they did last week against the Guardians. Uh, plus, it's going to be their first trip going across country for their first road game. D.C. has not played on the road yet. They're going to L.A. L.A. surprisingly had a pretty good fan base. It was loud. The crowd was a factor despite the loss. Um, Nelson Spruce, actually the leading receiver for not only the L.A. Wildcats, but... The entire XFL leads the league currently with 17 receptions and two touchdowns. So look at him to be an X-factor in the offense. Josh Johnson got the first game under his belt. Uh, he got the you know the nerves out the way. And now at home, he's basically a touchdown underdog. I see this being a lot closer game than anticipated. Um, though Cardell Jones has been playing pretty good, I see the Wildcats coming out and, uh, and covering in this one. And I, I think they actually have a chance to win outright. So with that being said, take the eight and a half. Uh, and I would actually possibly even wait later on in the week. I feel like DC right now is a early favorite to win the whole thing along with the defenders. Um, so go ahead and take the Wildcats plus eight and a half and look for that number to even go up. If you get it at nine, nine and a half, that's literally a entire score uh, with the conversion of a three point extra point. So Wildcats plus eight and a half. All right. So thanks, Zach. Sorry, uh, having me jump in. Of course, you guys, um, you guys <laughs> so know sorry, this dude. voice from, from the regular episodes. Um, that, of course, is Zach. He told you that. But guys, LA plus eight and a half. I saw some have 
I have nine and a half, or not nine and a half. I saw some places nine. Right now, what I'm looking at on FanDuel is um, LA plus eight. Joe, Mikey, what do you guys got on this one? Definitely, Zach. Killed it as usual. I literally love Zach. So two quick things, because um, Zach didn't leave anything for me. I mean, he, he convinced me, and I was already on it. So I'm a huge defender's fader. They've had uh, two home games, and they've played crap offenses, uh, and they have had three defensive or special teams touchdowns in two games. If you take those away and you watch the game, they have a really hard time punching it in, especially from the red zone. So I, you got to think the defenders are overrated. I have them third in my power rankings, and they're 2-0. and So it looks weird, but um, they're, think Cowboys in week three of the NFL season. It's literally the exact same thing, where everyone's putting up so many numbers, and you think all these things and blah, blah, blah. But then by the end of the season, you're like, wow, I guess they really weren't that good because they finally played some of the best teams in the country. So uh, another reason why I'm on the Wildcats is that Josh Johnson looked better in the second half, and he's also getting a couple of pieces back in the wide receiver uh, realm. Now, this is not Julio Jones and Jerry Rice running routes, but, um, you know, they're going to help. There are people that he's practiced with a little bit before, so I think that that can give them a boost as well. There's no reason why you should fade the Wildcats plus eight and a half at home. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you killed it. Zach killed it. Mikey, do you want to pick out the bones too? Yeah, I just think the biggest thing in this game is the travel factor. I mean, they're going from the defenders are going from D.C. all the way to L.A. And like you said, with the uh, the Guardians game, it's not like they're flying first class on their team plane like you would be in the NFL. It's you know they're they're going to have to fly. I assume commercial. Um, it's going to be a, you know a tough journey, tough six hour flight over to L.A. You know, not sleeping in your own bed, staying in the hotel. Then you got to go play uh, against a good. Uh, I mean, maybe better than what they've shown so far Wildcats team with, like you said, Josh Johnson getting more reps after being out week one, but yeah, I'm definitely on the Wildcats on this one as well. Absolutely. And guys, um, you know, you left no meat on the bones for me. Um, like I said, I have LA <laughs> I'm looking at plus eight right now. Um, it's the same thing. I always circled. I actually circled LA before the season started and was like, I mean, they have Josh Johnson. I'm a simple man. He proved that he's pretty good. So I'll just kind of stick with that. I, of course, this team went through a little bit of turmoil. They fired their defense coordinator after the first game. Um, I think that they're still kind of a work in, prog- in progress. Uh, DC, I, I totally want to get in front of that. I might just wait. Hopefully the public um, doesn't follow us on this one so that I can maybe get a nice fat 9.5 to 10 um, maybe come Saturday. So that's definitely something that I have circled. Of course, that's one of my side leans. But – on to my best bet that is not a lean, and that it will be the under in the Tampa Bay Vipers-Houston Roughnecks game. Now, Joe had said that it's his number one team in the power rankings, which, you know, you get no disagreement from me. But here's what I'm going to say, and of course, I'm a numbers guy. I'm more analytical. I read you off at the top of the episode that the, the average score is 38. So in the NFL, the average score is 40, 48, 47 and a half is usually where if the books don't know, they just set it at 47 and a half and let the public do their thing. So why are these totals not 38? The lowest total is 40 and a half. The highest total is actually this game, 45 and a half. Now, there is a reason why I'm doing this. Tampa Bay, they have only scored six offensive points all year. Now, they had, of course, a defensive touchdown last week. They scored nine. That's in the single digits. They only scored three against the Guardians, who kind of got a little bit exposed last week against an actual good team. So even if Houston 
absolutely kills them. I really don't think that Tampa Bay is going to really be scoring all that much. Even if Tampa Bay wins, do you see any other game script aside from them just playing great stellar defense, holding Houston out of the end zone up more often than not, which we already established probably won't happen. Now, Houston, I'm actually going to take a look into them a little bit. They actually got outgained 390 to 238 last week. Ew. They, they got crushed. They should have lost that game, really. And this offensive uh, onslaught, this juggernaut, if you actually deep dig into the stats a little bit, it's um, maybe not as bright as what people think. I mean, it's, it's kind of like being the valedictorian in the short bus. You know, it's like, who cares? The sample size really isn't that much. And I said that as, as least offensive as I possibly could. But, um, guys, I got another great stat that, that really jumped out at us, right? So the way that – and, of course, I have a ton of thoughts about this, and, and I'll let you talk in a minute, but I have a, that nice, deep base. Dude, go for it. So I'm just going to keep on powering through. But, guys, the league average punts per game in the XFL, eight. So that is eight field flips. And whereas we don't see nearly as much as that in the NFL, mainly because the kickers are better. I mean, if you're on the 35-yard line, the 30-yard line, you and you're the Chiefs, you could throw a Harrison Bucker for a 58-yarder. The XFL kicking hasn't been that good. Um, there have been some gimmies that have been missed. So I think that these coaches, rather than going for it on fourth down, they would be so much more comfortable just punting away and trying to flip field. So I'm getting eight field flips. That's really good for an under. And then also, I already mentioned the Tampa Bay. I threw them completely in the dumpster. They are trotting out three different quarterbacks. They don't even have consistency on the plays that they like to run. They do like to run the ball. Um, they've actually had over 100 rushing yards as a team their, their last two games, despite losing um, by 20 and then by eight. So Tampa Bay runs the ball. Yes, Houston throws the ball. But at the same time, I, I think that there's really no conceivable way that the over is achieved because that would require Tampa Bay to score a little bit. So do you guys have any any likes, any leans? Did anything that I say make any sense? Yeah, Mikey, let me grab this one real quick. I came into this podcast with two, maybe three likes, and you definitely convinced me on the under here. I don't know why I didn't I, – I just leaned that one. I didn't look at it at first. You're totally right. The Vipers it, – it, I don't think it's an overreaction to say that they can't score. They run the ball too much. The clock keeps running. Uh, the clock keeps running on incomplete passes as well. The, there's no way that this game goes over. I, I, I have to upgrade that to a like. And then another right. thing on the side, the Roughnecks are the number one uh, power rankings team. I would say if you polled 80% of people who have watched the XFL, it's them or, or honestly, people would probably say the defenders, but we already know I disagree there. But regardless, number one, Roughnecks. And then number eight is the Vipers. So how on earth are the Roughnecks uh, laying six on the road at the Vipers while the defenders are laying eight and a half, eight? At LA, when I mean, at the end of the season, are the defenders really that much different than the Wildcats? The Wildcats have just kind of ran into some, some pretty uh, maybe not decent teams, but I don't know three versus six compared to one versus eight, and I'm getting a better number. I have to lean rough next year, and I, I almost like it just because of the fact that the Vipers can't score. Mikey, what say you? Yeah, I agree. I kind of I'm leaning towards the rough next year. Um, PJ Walker, that's his name, right? PJ Walker. Yeah, it's tough yes, learning sir. all these guys' names for the second time because you learn them <laughs> coming into the NFL, and now you have to learn them again. Right. Um, but yeah, he seems to like from all the games that I've watched, it seems like he's the best quarterback in the league. Um, they run the best offense in the league. They have a few former NFL receivers as well on their team, so I I like their offensive output, and then especially with the Vipers just not being able to punch the ball in, um, like you mentioned with Aaron Murray being hurt, and then. They, instead of going to their backup quarterback in Flowers, 
who is really electric and can run the ball kind of like a Lamar Jackson type. They went to their third quarterback whose name is Cornelius something. <laughs> so, I mean, he looked horrible just like Aaron Murray looked horrible in the, in the first week. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how you can trust their offensive production in this game compared to the Roughnecks who have looked almost elite on offense. Yeah. And yeah, I got to take this game as soon as possible. Oh, definitely. And you know what? The, the reason why I was kind of left off the side is because I think that there's a little bit of public perception is that, you know, Houston, yeah, they're great. But if you really look into the numbers, I, that really scares me that last week they got so outgained and um, they still were able to uh, win by four. I mean, I guess kudos on them, but I mean, they gave up 24 to St. Louis who, you know, the books just haven't gotten right. But at the same time, I think that Tampa Bay is completely broken. Yes, Houston should win. And honestly, I, I think I might end up getting Houston minus six in my ledger. But I feel so much more comfortable uh, about this under, mainly because we're seven and a half points to the good. I mean, the, why why haven't the sports books adjusted? And I think it's pretty much because of where they started. Um, they started week one with every single um, game total being at 50 and a half because that was their – estimated average points per game and it turns out that that number and granted eight games is a small sample size but it's a hundred percent of all the xfl games that have ever been played so it's kind of a catch-22 i'm going to definitely stay on the under with a, a lean to the the houston minus six guys i have another quick under really quick but um before i do do you guys have any plays on dallas versus seattle this is probably my one pass. I would lean Renegades, but it's it's only because of uh, Landry Jones is probably going to be getting a little bit better. And I, I the only reason why I'm not going to play it is I don't know what to make of the the Dragons at home. But pretty good home field. Uh, what are the Renegades going to be like on the road? There's there's a lot of question marks. I just I don't need to touch this one. I might attack a total um, because that's just been we've been like whatever it is like four and zero or four and one on totals this year. So I might do that with you guys, but I think I'm going to pass the side. Oh, definitely. And uh, uh, without without further ado, I mean, my I do have a play on the under of 43 and a half. Like I said, all, all the reasons as the other one, except for the fact that Seattle actually, they also can't throw the ball. Um, they kind of just run the ball on every single play. And of course, Dallas, we were all expecting Landry Jones to be this um, great quarterback, but um, he ended up kind of getting off to a rocky start. He his stat line looks better than the way that he actually played. If you watch the coach's film, um, he was 70% of his passes uh, completion percentage also threw for 300 yards. He was the first XFL quarterback to do that. So just something um, to think about. I, I really see this being the same exact handicap that I gave for Tampa Bay versus Houston, except for I feel stronger about Tampa Bay being horrible than I do about Seattle. And also, you know, Dallas wasn't really anything special to write home about. They only put up 25 points. Uh, Joe, you kind of said something that kind of, made me think about it just slightly is the fact that Landry Jones will be getting better, but um, that's definitely going to be my official play. So um, just to go really quickly through it, um, my two best bets are going to be both unders. I got Houston, Tampa Bay under 45 and a half. um, And then I have Dallas at Seattle under 43 and a half. And Joe, honestly, last weekend, we really knocked that out of the park. They played at um, the Seahawks stadium. They had a bunch of former Seahawks there, um, including their former quarterback. And I believe former coach, Jim Zorn, who, of course, is the uh, coach of the Dragons. They also had uh, Steve Largent, um, Hall of Fame wide receiver for the Seahawks, lighting their torch um, to kind of get the crowd going. Uh, The crowd noise wasn't as much as a Seahawks game, obviously, but it was a very slow, grinded-out type of game. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Dallas kind of getting into that as well with uh, Cameron Artis-Payne 
who had 99 yards last week, and also Lance Dunbar. They have some pretty good runners. Um, yes, they have Landry Jones, but at the same time, even if they start scoring, I really don't think that Seattle has the horses to put up um, the same output in order to get to the over. So, guys, do you want to recap what your what your best bets, what your likes were? Yeah, definitely, Mikey. Go first, brother. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, like I mentioned earlier, I'm definitely uh, – I like – best bet is the um, – the Ren- not the Renegades, the uh, Battlehawks from St. Louis, uh, minus nine and a half at home against the Guardians. And then also like the Wildcats getting eight and a half points uh, at home. Um, these will also be in our Slack channel, like you guys mentioned last week. Uh, we'll make sure to post all of our best bets and things like that. And just some other things to watch, and, you know, in case we're leaning something or like waiting for, a, you know, the line to get to a certain number. Uh, so make sure you guys keep an eye on, on that as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was actually going to mention that. So all of my likes and best bets are literally exactly what you guys said. I don't think I have anything that you guys haven't mentioned. Um, you got to like the Wildcats. Got to like the Battlehawks. I can understand if you don't like laying that nine and a half. Um, I'm going to go with a like officially on the Roughnecks. And um, and how can I go against Dean with his total? I mean, it's just what a beautiful man and what a beautiful <laughs> mind. But anyway, I wanted to also touch on, I'm not going to give any DFS picks here Mm. but uh we have been making a couple lineups and we will be posting those in our slack channel for those who missed the slack channel update last week uh you get unlimited access to every esports gambling pick that we have uh all of the experts are going to be pouring all their uh their mental genius moments uh into a sports specific (laughs) style thread so we have a, a an xfl channel where you can actually go and just filter all the xfl news it's only 20 bucks a month. Uh, a couple people have taken advantage of that already. And uh, we are super, super excited about that. And also, uh, before I kick it over to you, Dean, I want to make sure that we remind the folks about In the Red Zone. Sean and Mike uh, are awesome. They have been fantastic so far in our dialogues with them. It's some really good stuff. Uh, definitely check out their XFL previews. We did. We loved it. And eventually, when it becomes college football season, uh, they're going to be probably my first stop when it comes to. Uh, any game breakdown or any conference breakdown. So definitely check those guys out. And uh, remember about our Slack channel, because we're going to be updating with some DFS picks as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's, it's definitely something that we're going to kind of mention on each episode um, here on out. So if you're a longtime listener and you want more information about that, you could always follow us at, on Twitter at winning TIX pod. It's actually on all of our phones. And I mean, all of our phones, everyone's voice that you've heard on this episode. <laughs> so we all get these push notifications. It's funny. Sometimes I look at my phone and there's like a, a whole string of DMS. And I know that Joe's having a conversation with um, a couple of parties <laughs> from our Twitter. So it's the best way to really reach us um, for more information about the, the Slack channel. And of course, um, first month's free. So you definitely want to take advantage of that. I, I'm oh, yeah. 60% in over a hundred plays in college basketball. And of course we're going to be releasing some college basketball um, episodes uh, more specifically for the bracket, which Joe, Mikey, and I did last year, where we were pretty much right on. I re-listened to that um, the other day. But guys, before we wrap up, I just want to throw something out of a cannon here. Now, we, Joe, you said that St. Louis is your third team in power rankings, or did I get that completely wrong? Uh, St. Louis is number two. The defenders are number three. All right. So I will proposition you with this one. Um, now, of course, a winning ticket strategy is that we don't like to be tied up in futures. But right now, St. Louis Battlehawks are plus 1,000 to win it all. Um, they are actually the third worst odds. Um, they're right there with Seattle wow. and L.A. So there's definitely value there at plus 1,000. Of course, I'm just going to rattle them off. D.C.'s plus 200. Houston plus 250. Dallas plus 600. Tampa Bay, who we both have as dead last, 
plus 800, and then the Guardians and Battlehawks have the same exact um, odds. Now, guys, I don't know if I'm really going to take this right now because, like I said, I really hate having money tied up. I mean, I took the uh, took action on the Wilder Fury fight like a month ago, and I, I just see the, those two units sitting in my bet slip. Like, I'm so mad I did that. I kind of want those right now, but it, it, I'll, I'll get them. Okay, no, because night. Wilder's going to win, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll get I'll get them after <laughs> at least Wilder. We got that one. <laughs> does what he has to do, but but at the same time, I mean, it, this one is really uh, calling to me that I might have to put a little bit of something on that. It's plus one thousand. I mean, I think that's a fantastic value. Like I said, Jordan Tamu is definite definite MVP um, candidate, and then um, yeah, that's definitely one of one of my best value plays that's on the board right now. If you are looking more in the futures market. Dude, totally. I mean, what makes no sense to me is the Battlehawks are nine and a half point favorites against the Guardians, but they're the same odds to win it all. So that's that's proof that the sportsbooks are just nerds and they're they don't actually watch the games. Like what are you what are you doing? And that's exactly right. And that's why you listener listen to us because we find we find the, the sports books with their pants down. We show you, hey, this was a mistake. They shouldn't have that like that. And honestly, in my opinion, like I've just been, you know, kind of ranting and raving about for the last half hour is that the totals are all off. So I'm going to make um, my money again, uh, as well as Joe and Mikey. So, of course, like uh, we always preach, you could find us on Twitter at winningtixpod. You can find us on Instagram at winningticketpod. And then you could also find Joe and Mikey um, by DMing those and, or yeah, DM those and then I'll tell them. So guys, do you have anything <laughs> to say to the people? Do you have any um, well wishes? I, I wish, wish everybody well. well, except for Mikey. <laughs> I don't want him well. well. And, and yeah, I'll be huge right thanks to, to Zach too. Yeah. Great audio from Zach. And of course, um, great stuff. You, you guys definitely should check out in the Ren zone. I have the link in the bio. So um, until next time. Yeah.